Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hey everyone, Sam Hurley here. Hey, so something a bit different this week. We managed to get an interview with Greg Sestero, one of the main actors out of the room. You'll remember him as Mark, Tommy's foil in the movie. And yeah, he was very kind enough to give us 15 minutes to have a bit of a chat and an interview about some of the, uh, about his new film that's coming out. So enjoy. This is Movie Interview in 20 Cues. So Greg, we recently did a podcast on The Room and we made a ton of new fans of its unique qualities, but uh, Best Friends, what can people expect from it? What's like the elevator pitch for the movie? Best Friends is David Lynch, filter through the room, divided by the disaster artist. Uh, That's amazing. I like to think if The Room, you know, was called the worst, best, worst movie ever, I would say this is maybe the most bizarre movie ever. That's great. So, yeah, what was your biggest highlight with making this film? Uh, there were a lot of highlights. Probably my biggest one was watching Tommy get choked by a clown and then jump <laughs> up and launch into giving the clown acting lessons. Are you serious? Yeah, it was the most unbelievable <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And you're saying that this film was based on a true story? So has Tommy been strangled by clowns before or is that something that happens often? Or? Well, I don't know if that actually happened. It may have, but the, but the <laughs> true events were a road trip Tommy and I took uh, years ago go up the California coast in which Tommy thought I was going to try to kill him. <laughs> That's amazing. That was in your book, hey, The Disaster Artist. I have read that. It was, um, yeah, yeah, it was fascinating. We'll get get to that in a second. But so quite infamously, writers and directors will write a character with an actor in mind. How did you write a character for Tommy when Tommy is almost already a fully formed character himself. Well, that's what you do is you, I, I can think like Tommy at this point. And so I kind of, you know, jumped into his, the, you know, the way he thinks, the things he would say and kind of put him in a new world, uh, you know, 1950s era Los Angeles of him working as a mortician. And he came to life in a different way that was equally as fun as writing him in The Disaster Artist. Uh, you know, he lends himself very well to, because uh, his character is so formed he lends very well to different like time periods and different different uh, stories. That's awesome. Hey, so I saw Paul Shear's name on the cast list, and admittedly, my fascination with the room came after I listened to a How Did This Get Made that you were on, and I was um yeah equally impressed to see all of the How Did This Get Made guys in in the Disaster Artist. But I'm just wondering how that conversation went with Paul. Went like, did you just ring him up and say, "Hey, we're making a movie," and he was like, "Yeah, I'm in." Yeah, no, I've known Paul since I got. Uh, since I did How Did This Get Made, uh, it's a, an amazing podcast. Uh, I, I love it. It's a, Anytime I bring it up, people go nuts for it. So I, I got to know Paul there. And then obviously he was in The Disaster Arts, which was great. And so we were putting this movie together. I thought, you know, what a perfect uh, actor to have uh, do a few scenes. Oh, totally. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. So, uh, so yeah, one of your biggest fans here in New Zealand, when she found out where I was talking to you, she quickly sent me a message and asked me to ask you this question. She, her name's Emma, and she really wanted to know how different is the experience between working with Tommy and working for Tommy? Uh, it's very, very different. I think all these years later, it was better suited for Tommy to just be an actor on this film. Um, yeah. I think it really played to his strengths, and I think uh, I really enjoyed working with him this time around where he's able to just focus on his part, show up and then be able to leave. Uh, and I thought, uh, I, you know, definitely much more enjoy this experience. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Cause as I said, I read the disaster house and that sounded like that would have been quite possibly one of the most painful experiences ever. But, um, yeah, I mean, talking about working with Tommy, I really love that Joker audition tape you did, and especially the part where you subbed in at the end. And I'm starting to think you might actually be one of the best actors working around because you managed to keep a straight face while he screamed at you. Like, how the hell did you manage that? 
it took a few takes. Uh, I don't know how I'm able to pull that off. I usually think of the worst possible situation uh, in my mind, and that keeps me serious. <laughs> nice. So as I said, I, I'd read the Disaster Artist book, absolutely loved it. It was awesome. And then obviously the movie was really good as well. And it was funny, when I was reading the book again after watching the film, I remember reading parts and I was like, oh, they left this out of the film probably because it was too insane or too you know, unbelievable for people watching it. When you were writing it, did you ever have feelings like, maybe I shouldn't put this in the book? Or is there stories that you left out that you're like, no, people will just go, okay, this is a work of fiction and throw it away sort of thing? Was, was there anything like that? Yeah, I mean, it definitely felt like a fictional story. I mean, the first draft of the book was like 600 pages, you know, and so we obviously had to cut, cut a lot out. And there was a lot of, you know, a lot of fun stories, but they didn't necessarily help further, you know, the narrative. So we really just uh, kind of picked the stories that, help build the characters and tell the story. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of questions whether this was real. I mean, I think a lot of times when you're, especially when they're making the film, you know, you don't really, uh, you think it's a fiction, you think it's a fictional film. So they, at the beginning, they put based on a true story, which I thought uh, was important because it's so crazy that you think there's no way this could have happened. Yeah, it's, um, it was amazing. Like there's actually, like it's the first time I've ever been reading something and laughed out loud. To the point, my wife was just like, "What the hell are you reading?" And I was like, "You wouldn't, you wouldn't even understand." Like, I've got to start at the start. Just read it yourself. And but she read it, and she was like, "This is the best book I've ever read." <laughs> so you talked about it before, how college guys and basically a billboard with a lifeline that kept this going, and you sort of thought it was going to fade into obscurity, or no one was going to watch it, or something like that. Was there any point when it started to become really popular that? There was like just this moment where you're like, oh my God, what the hell has happened? Or Yeah, I was definitely surprised because I think any any movie that becomes known or people start watching it as a surprise. It's so hard to to be in something that people are actually actually want to see. So, you know, couple that with the bit being the room, of course I was going to be <laughs> done. But at the same time, I thought it was really funny because it's, like people are actually watching this movie that I thought nobody would see, you know, and you know, Tommy was always entertaining to me, uh, especially when I, when I met him in the acting class because the way he is is so unorthodox. So I was really curious to see, like, what was it that people really liked? And, you know, it just brought so much joy to people. So I was never really embarrassed, I would say. I was more intrigued by where this was going to go. Yeah, yeah. Was there, like, moments when you found out famous fans of the movie were, like, really into it? You were like, oh, my God, I've actually really done something sort of thing? Or? Yeah, of course. I was really surprised. I mean, I, again, if I had made Inception, then I would have been like, okay, that makes sense. You know, but this one was just <laughs> kind of, I, you know, you, I couldn't believe it. They were saying, like, Jonah Hill was watching it. And it's like these people that you love their movies. And they're like, how did they – first of all, I thought, like, how did you even find this movie? That's what I always ask. Yeah. So I know there's been conversation around a sequel to The Room, but I was wondering if you guys have ever thought about doing like what Rogue One did for Star Wars and creating a prequel for The Room, maybe calling it like the front porch or something where it goes out of its way to explain <laughs> plot holes in The Room or something. That's the thing that's tough is, um, you know, The Room has a certain magic, you know, when it was created, where everyone was at in their life at that point. Um, so it's really hard to to recapture that. And that's why I think with Best Friends, you know, it's going in a much different direction. It's different characters. It's a different vibe. You know, I think you can still surprise your audience and give them a good show, but do something totally different. So I think, um, you know, entering the room again would be pretty risky in trying to recapture that. Oh, totally. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Uh, talking about the audience, have you had any like really surreal experiences with fans of the room? Like, have there been moments where you're in some random place where you didn't expect anyone would recognize you or 
anything like that that suddenly you get just like a oh hi mark or something like that you know yeah i mean it happens at the most random times i was in an airport in norway late at night and somebody walked up behind me and they're like so anyway how's your sex life um <laughs> and i was like wait what did you you know i was like i'm almost as shocked as they are that you know i'm there so especially after the disaster it's become a lot more recognized and a lot more people know it so you seem quite open to having random fans come up to you and throw lines from the film is there any lines that you are sick of or is there any lines that you were like oh i wish i'd heard that more like i wish they get on that bandwagon a bit more uh i mean everyone's pretty cool i think you know if, if i wasn't in the room and i and i liked it you know i would quote the hell out of it so you know i think people are coming from a good place so it, it doesn't ever really bother me you know it's it to me it's still amazing that people still want to see it after 15 years i mean that's the part that you know, I'm, I'm shocked. And at the same time, I'm thankful that, you know, they're even fans of this movie. Yeah, good point. Hey, so you talked about um, bumping into Tommy and that's how you guys started down this long path. I'm just wondering, do you think Tommy would have made the room if he hadn't have met you and what different directions might have come about if you hadn't gone up to him in that class and said, hey, what's up? No, I don't think he would have made it. Uh, and I don't think I would have moved to LA. So I think in some twisted way, it was you know, the movie gods had a plan for us, um, you know, because there was years before that Tommy was taking acting classes and kind of doing his thing. And, you know, nothing really came about. I was doing kind of the same thing in San Francisco. I was an extra and a few things and commercials. So I think we were a good match because we both had um, what each other didn't have. And I think that really helped launch this, whatever this may be, <laughs> for yeah, better exactly. or for worse. But I think, uh, it brought about something that I think both of us were lacking and uh, we were able to accomplish together. On that note, would you recommend to other young actors out there to maybe go up to the most bizarre guy in their acting class and say, hey, do you want to be scene partners? Or <laughs> Hey, there's something to it. Um, <laughs> I would say think different. Uh, you know, at that time, everyone, nobody wanted anything to do with Tommy in the class. Everyone thought he was like this weird vampire guy. They didn't get it, you know, and I was like, maybe there's something to this guy. I saw something there that I thought was really comical and charming. And so I think, you know, don't always follow the pack. Think different. Find your own uh, find your own groove. Find your own gang. People are going to want to see things that are different, that are original. And I think you can't create things that are original if you, if you follow what everybody else is doing. That's so true. I mean, this the room experience for me is one of the, the best films to check on with a group of friends. I mean, every time it's, it's, I don't know, it's just something about it. It's always entertaining. Like there's other films out there that are great and, you know, you can watch once or twice, but every time I watch this, there's just something about it. And I don't think there's a, any better sort of cinematic experience than introducing someone to the room. When we did our podcast on it recently, we actually got a friend over and it was his first time watching it. And just the look of horror, confusion, you know, <laughs> it was almost more fun to watch him than actually to watch film for a little bit. Yeah, that's the thing that I enjoyed the most initially was pulling out like the behind the scenes and the outtakes and saying, guys, sit down, I want to show you this. This is an amazing film that's going to be coming out. And you play it, and there's the look on their face. It's priceless. <laughs> so, talking a bit more about The Room, have you given any thought to starting an underground, like, tuxedo football league or anything like that? Or I've thought about it, but um, I'm just I'm too accustomed to traditional football. Uh, but now Tommy and I have picked up basketball. Oh, wow. It's sort of the new football. So uh, you'll you'll notice that in Best Friends, but we've, we've moved, kind of moved over to basketball. Eagerly anticipate it. So Best Friends Volume 1, there's a Volume 2 coming out as well. Uh, what's next? What's Volume 3 or are you moving on to other projects? What have you... <laughs> uh, the next thing I, I do, I want to make a horror film. Oh, that'd be cool. 
Uh, I've been really uh, – I've loved these these horror films that have come out the last few years, like The Babadook, uh, It Follows, Hereditary. Yeah, I'm just really – Get Out I thought was great. So I'd really like to try to do something totally different. That's what I'd like to do next. So is there anything out there that you wish fans would know about you or anything you'd like to clarify that, you know, want to set the record straight on something? You know, I love good movies. You know, bad movies wasn't ever what I intended to, to make to start out. So I am a lover of good movies. Uh, I am a big reader – of true crime, I think that's something that ties in with best friends when I that I uh, when I wrote the story. So I've connected with a lot of fans on that. Being a reader of true crime, yeah. Um, so trying, trying to solve mystery cases. Obviously, I picked a pretty good one with Tommy, but um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's one of my big uh, one of my big obsessions is, is true crime. So one of our things we do in our podcast is we try to ask sort of off kilter questions about movies, and one of our most favorite questions is what flavor pizza is this movie. Uh, what flavor of pizza would be best friends and what flavor would be the room? Uh, I would say best friends would be a margarita pizza. Nice. Yeah. And I would say uh, the room would be a Hawaiian pizza. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, cool. Hey, so that's about it. My last question is, anyway, how is your sex life? You know what, man? To be honest with you, it needs work, but <laughs> there's always tomorrow. Oh, awesome. Cool. Hey, well, yeah, thanks very much for giving up your time and having a chat with me. That's, um, yeah, been very impressive. As I said, big fan of your work and hope you enjoy your time in New Zealand and hope everything goes well for you. It's been great. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Cool. Cheers. Cheers, man. Hey, everyone. Me again. It's not every day you get to talk to one of the actors in your favorite movies of all time. And boy, did I love it. That was awesome. Great dude. You know what else is awesome? The Roxy Cinema down in Wellington. Wellies fans, if you're listening to this, why don't you go down there and check out a film? They helped put all this together, and I am going to be eternally grateful. Anyway, guys, we'll be back soon with one of our regularly scheduled programs. That's thanks from me. Chirp, chirp. <laughs>